Hello and welcome to the Oxford PP Society podcast series commemorating the centenary of the degree. In this series, we're interviewing alumni and alumnae, tutors and historians to give an insight into the degree and its students, its influence and how it's changed over 100 years. Our guest in this podcast today is Evan Davis, economist, journalist, former presenter of Newsnight and the current presenter of the PM programme on Radio 4. Evan, my first question for you is, before coming to Oxford, what was your motivation behind applying and then reading PPE? Well, you know what, Mika, Eric, I I found myself at school, secondary school, loving politics and economics. And I'll be blunt, I enjoyed arguing about them. I used to get the train to school with a group of friends and we were all kind of into this area and we would spend the train journey, which was only about 12 minutes each way, um, just arguing about the world and events. And this was actually at a time when Mrs. Thatcher was just coming to power in, in, in Britain. It felt like a kind of a really interesting time. I now realize that every time is an interesting time, but it felt we were on the cusp of something and it felt very interesting. And um, there was a lot to argue about in the world. And th that just became something of my passion. I wasn't someone who was very into sport or wasn't very good at art. Um, and this just seemed to be the area, the kind of the, the domain, which was mine. And um, PPE, in a funny sort of way, just seemed to be one of those degrees that was made for someone with that kind of interest in current affairs and arguing about the government and should the prime minister be doing this? And this was a time when there was a debate about monetarism versus Keynesianism, the whole kind of macroeconomic orthodoxy was in the process of being rethought. So it seemed like an incredibly natural degree. And it has to be said, Oxford, uh, I think at that time, was pretty well the only place doing this very broad-based philosophy, politics, and economics. And what was lovely about it was that philosophy wasn't really something that had crossed my radar or that I was very interested in. But the politics and economics was a, a bit of a passion. And the great thing about the philosophy was it added a kind of an intellectual air. <laughs> it didn't just sound like you were going to university to argue about the stuff you'd been doing at school, but um, it, it sort of gave it some kind of pedigree, some intellectual heft. And so, no, it just seemed like a very, very natural choice of degree. Um, now, of course, there are lots of other places that do PPE. So it might have been. Um, possible for me to think about other places but no I definitely there was never in my mind any doubt that when I knew about PPE that that degree was the degree I wanted I wanted to do and I wanted to do it more than just economics on its own more than certainly more than politics on its own and I didn't really want to do a kind of economics and history or economics and something else um, it for me just felt like the degree, a very broad based degree in areas of interest in my of mine that would add some intellectual acuity to the kind of stuff I had been thinking about in my own loose way with friends on the train. In your time at Oxford, you were studying, you were having your tutorial essays, you were also doing extracurriculars. How would you describe this time to me? And how would you say... Um, what was perhaps the most memorable experience you've had as a PPE student in Oxford? Well, I, I was a slow starter at Oxford. Um, 
in the kind of social area. And I found the first term a bit of a struggle, to be honest, um, uh, sort of finding best friends. Um, and then after the Easter of my first year, I really did find my groove. And that was with a set of people working on the student newspaper. Um, and to some extent, another set of people overlapping who were involved in what was then called the Social Democratic Party, the SDP, which was a young political party, brand new centrist political party. And so it took my Oxford career, I think, took off when I found best friends. And that wasn't really till third term in the, in, at the university. I'm not saying I was lonely, isolated or, you know, struggling before, but it was, it was an effort uh, until that point. Then, to be honest, Charwell, which I eventually became editor of, and um, the SDP kind of slightly dominated my, my Oxford uh, extracurricular career. And I wasn't quite so much a college person. I was much more mixing with those friends outside of the college. And that became a social scene. And, you know, those people I'm still very much in touch with. And, uh, and, and they've become my lifelong friends. Um, so that was my beyond PPE experience. And I was never quite there, someone who was going to be, um, you know, debating at the union or standing as union president. That was just, I'm, I was too shy and not, not, not enough confidence to do, to do that. So that was my, that was my sort of extracurricular side. Um, my PPE career was blessed by having some really, really top quality tutoring um, of whom John Kay, who was an economist at St. John's was very notable because he actually employed me, he taught economics, he employed me in one summer as a research assistant at the Institute for Fiscal Studies, which he had a major role at. Um, and that was a brilliant, just a brilliant opportunity to, to be sort of writing something and researching it with professionals and was very exciting. That was in the summer of my second year. And, you know, I, I actually think, I mean, I think it was a an experience of pain in terms of late night essay crises. It was just amazing how I never managed to finish an essay until I had to and was blowing the ink dry, you know, as I as I ran to the tutorials. So it was painful, but was actually just incredibly, you know, it was just incredibly useful. I one thing I did, which I think helped was I picked a number of topics that were outside my comfort zone. This is probably my single biggest thought about PPE. There's a lot, of, there's a lot to pick and choose in a PPE um, at Oxford, a lot of options. And I, I picked ones that were outside my comfort zone. I hadn't done maths A-level. I found some of the more esoteric bits of the economics, economics difficult. But I picked courses like economic theory and econometrics that I thought were not the ones that the kind of the people who wanted to argue about politics did. And, and in the end, I dropped the politics, actually, just did the 
the economics and um, philosophy and mostly economics and difficult economics. And that stood me in such good stead, you know. I mean, I think, I think if you listen to my motivation for going, which is all about the arguing and current affairs, when I got to Oxford, I was absolutely determined to make it more than just arguing about, about politics and to give it some intellectual rigor and to teach myself stuff that I didn't know when I arrived. So I, I pushed myself quite hard, to be honest, on that. And I'm, I'm really grateful I did. I had a, a, another wonderful tutor called Peter Sinclair, who I'm sorry to say died last year, actually, tragically for out of COVID. But a, a, a brazen-nosed uh, tutor who, who was just the loveliest, loveliest guy and, and carefully took me through it. And so painful as it was, it was actually a really, a really good period of intellectual development. And I know there are a lot of people outside who think PPE is a kind of, is just a kind of degree in bullshit studies, really, um, and ability to argue and, and the like. But I actually thought it was much, much more than that. I had really access to the brainiest people um, who gave me time and attention and were funny. Um, Peter Hacker, the guy who taught me um, philosophy of mind <laughs> I was just he was so stimulating and you know um, occasionally infuriating but just to think that we had you know Sean and I would sit in that tutorial with him on our own and, and then have an hour of his time it was just it was wonderful wonderful experience um, so you know I, my, my advice to PPS is always to, to, to get outside your comfort zone and make sure you're stretching yourself um, but I will just say one other thing about my PP experience, which was it is very largely self-taught in many respects. You do spend a heck of a long time on your own teaching yourself from books. And that wasn't my strong point at all. I'm a slow reader. I, it's not the way I tend to absorb information. Uh, I have to read things three times before it goes in. And I... It was demanding that 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 process of, of basically teaching yourself and was such a big jump from school where you really are spoon fed to to sort of being given a reading list and then told to produce an essay on a topic. And, and, and there's nothing in between. It's just up to you. It was a sort of extraordinary thing. So those would be my reflections the the kind of the self-taught nature, which took me a long time to get the hang of that. Uh, to realise that it was down to me and I wasn't being spoon-fed. The demand, picking the stuff that was demanding, the pain of it and, and, and the, the need for self-discipline um, and the, the kind of domination of my life at Oxford by the extracurricular stuff. So PP was always really just one, one portion. I mean, it is obviously what you go to university for, but it was just one portion of the, the experience which I ended up getting at Oxford and uh, which stayed with me. I mean, that sounds like you had a lovely time here. And given given what you told me about your essay crisis, your extracurriculars, it seems like PPE careers haven't changed too much over time. 
Um, but then my, my last set of questions concerns rather what you did after. I mean, after having this, well, more intellectual side of the degree, more pra practical side of the degree with the extracurriculars, how do you think did that help you prepare for your career or how did you make use of that in your later career? And as a quick follow-up question, how do you think the challenges now in the world have, have changed and what do you think you should have been taught additionally on top of the, the courses you could already pick and choose? Right. I think what I got from the intellectual challenge of PPE, the self-taught nature of it, and the um, fantastic access to brilliant people I had in that degree, I'll tell you what I think I got afterwards. And I don't want to pretend that I'm brilliant at this, but I think what I got was a skill at organizing my thoughts, okay? That's really what I think carried with me and was the thing that I learned that was useful in life. It wasn't the moral philosophy or Kant's categorical imperative, <laughs> important and interesting as that is, It was, um, it was the ability to understand that a lot of life is about assembling a jumble and making sense of it and making a, it's like looking at the dots and drawing a picture out of them um, or looking at the sky and the stars and realizing that that one's a bear. Um, it's just putting a shape on things. And I think what I kind of learned is often you need to put a shape onto things before you can assess whether that shape is the right shape. Now, so don't overly muster your thoughts, come up with a kind of a pattern and a, a picture or a, a story that you're telling yourself about something and then stick to it. It's that you have to put a shape on the, um, the jumble of information And then that, that shape allows you to say, is that the right shape or what's wrong with that shape? It's the starting point of an argument about it. Um, but mustering thoughts and then organizing your thoughts and working out the basic stories is, is what I think I have taken with me. And that applies in my job when I was a kind of junior-ish economist, um, post-Oxford. Um, and has particularly stayed with me as a journalist. Um, my, my kind of journalism is not getting scoops and acquiring information. My kind of journalism is much more about trying to bring clarity to complicated subjects. In it. So explaining things clearly and simply and accurately. Um, and I think PPE really did sort of develop the muscles in the brain that are about organizing thoughts. And um, so I'm very, uh, very pleased to have developed that skill and it has basically been a skill that has been useful and for which I'm paid so that's good um what is what has changed and what might you do differently well I think in my world in the kind of world of the intellectual framework of economics something big has changed which is a gnawing dissatisfaction with models of rational behavior and rational human motivation and an appreciation much more than we ever had in my day that we're irrational. 
And so in economics, behavioral economics, um, for all its lack of calibration and its, its kind of arbitrariness in pointing to this cognitive bias or that cognitive bias, the truth is it is a fantastically useful set of tools for understanding how human beings actually behave as opposed to the simplified models that economists use. And I, I, I broadly speaking think what I would like, what I would like to have had more of, and this is not a criticism because I don't think anyone, any of us thought about it then. And what I would certainly like students to have now is an understanding of their own cognitive foibles, the bad habits we have. And I, I, you know, I would like to have been armed with words like confirmation bias. <laughs> Honestly, I've never heard of that until 15 years ago or, or later. Um, but confirmation bias is such an important, it's such an important problem that we all have to deal with in ourselves. And I, I, I basically think in a kind of course, which is really about developing critical skills, critical faculties, um, teaching people what, where they're going wrong, absolutely, absolutely central. Uh, I would personally, I'd love it to be taught at school as well about all the kind of intellectual habits we have as animals, um, with, with consciousness and advanced brain skills and language, um, I, I would like us to be taught and understand what, what, what we do wrong. And I, I, um, I mean, I now, this is just, you know, broadly speaking, when I'm listening to an argument between two people, I as often find myself not appraising the quality of what this person is saying or that person is saying or the merits of the argument, I often find myself arguing, what is the cognitive bias that each of those is bringing to the table? What baggage are they carrying um, for me to understand who is the more open-minded of these people? <laughs> because the more open-minded of these people is more likely to be the one who's gonna get to the result correctly. And often, it's very hard to appraise an argument, right? It's very difficult because we're coming at it with so many preconceptions, prejudices, um, hopes, fears. Uh, and so understanding how it is that we are distorting the argument on how other people distort arguments, um, I think is a really important way of, uh, just a really important way of of helping people understand the world and the world around them. And then as a kind of subplot of that, uh, Mika, Eric, but very much part of the same, I think the study of handling conflict in all its, all its levels, family, political, geopolitical, military, I think studying how human beings are inclined to deal with conflict and how to better manage conflict is probably the best service any, um, any course like PPE can do to, to humankind. The truth is conflict, badly handled, is an incredibly expensive piece 
of the human uh, the human condition and the difference between well handled conflict and badly handled conflict is enormous and now i'm in my late 50s i feel i did too little to think about conflict earlier in my life and i mean i'm a sort of peaceable person and i tend to be quite unadversarial in the way i do my job and um handle my colleagues i say that they may say different um i i think handling conflict i just think boy we really the best thing that the thinking class the political thinking class the kind of academics can do is to guide people in how to handle conflict that is a really seriously useful useful way of uh, helping the world obviously we do game theory and stuff like that but i i don't think it always gets to the nub of it um and so broadly speaking how to prevent conflicts escalating is a, something i would love all ppists to be taught um because it is it just comes up all the time in life and you see people bungling it all the time and and i i just think you know conflict deescalation and conflict management is is just a hugely important topic and under understated but it's again it's back to how we behave as human beings you know we are just human beings i watch my beautiful beautiful dog mr whippy i go go to the park and i'll see him get into a situation sometimes a conflict one with another dog sometimes other situations and i i keep thinking of course we are animals we are driven by biology we're driven by you know programming and evolution and i i don't want to overstate the kind of link of human beings to great apes and the like but you can see a bit of that in there and learning to handle that i think has real value real value to us whether it's on appraising arguments by taking into account cognitive biases or handling conflict effectively these are these are the things i really really i really think i would love to have had more time on as a student Thank you Evan very much for giving us some of your time today and also thank you very much to listeners for your interest. We hope you enjoyed this podcast episode and encourage you to have a look at the other podcasts in this series.